Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good afternoon. I am so excited to welcome you to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. I'm your host, Sam Black. I am calling in from Niagara Falls, Ontario. And we have a truly magical episode lined up for you today. So I'm so glad you've joined us. You know, so many in today's society are experiencing burnout and high stress. And the reality is we don't have enough play. And the reason for that is because we're really neglecting that inner child inside. I'm wondering how many of you are resonating with that. You're just really getting burnt out. You can't remember the last time you got to play. Maybe you really have to justify and treat doing something nice for yourself as a reward as opposed to something that you just need for self-care and need for loving yourself. So today's episode is going to really spark your imagination. It's going to connect your inner child and definitely give you a new approach for how you look at the world around you and how you can really co-create with the world around you. Now, for some of you, this might seem like a little bit of an interesting topic. I want you to hang tight with us. Stay with us for the whole episode because I have a feeling if you think we're a little bit wacky with this topic, you need to hear our message almost more than anybody. But we are going to have so, so much fun today. I am really, really excited to welcome the beautiful, lovely Diamira here today. And she is such an incredible guest. Diamira, she is a global fairy ambassador. She's an ordained healing minister. And she has spent her years deepening relationships with the fairy realm and is committed to stirring the memory of co-creative partnership between fairy and humans once again. And I am so excited. So welcome, Diamira. How are you today? I'm doing great, Sam. And thank you so so much for having me on this show. I am so excited about our conversation today. Oh, wonderful. So am I. So am I. I'm so excited. And you know, as we leave summer and head into fall, I have a feeling that the fairies are actually a little busy today. Absolutely. Today is one of my favorite days of the year. I absolutely love the fall. And I don't know about you, but I just come alive when it starts to get that little bit of a crisp in the air and you see the beautiful colors and the leaves. You can just feel that shifting, that change that wants to happen within us too. It's just magical. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. I just love seeing the colors change. And, you know, everyone starts to get excited again. Not that we're not excited in the summertime, but I've been hearing from so many people, they've had enough with the heat. They're ready for the magic of the holidays to come down the road. They're ready for the cooler temperatures and the cooking and baking smells and, you know, just getting outside more. Because a lot of people have a hard time with the heat. So they've been staying in and they're really looking forward to getting out. And the beautiful part about it is I find anyhow, people really take advantage of nature and hiking and enjoying being outside in the fall. What do you think? I completely agree. Once it hit, you know, everybody's so excited about summer until halfway through and then people have had it. And you're right, Sam, nobody wants to go out of doors, especially if you're in the South like me. 
And this is the absolute perfect time because, you know, when we step into these interesting cross-quarter days and quarter days throughout the year, the fall and spring equinox, the midsummer, midwinter, these are actually really, really magical times that activate this sort of memory within us of something just beyond what we can see with our everyday eyes. And so it really, it's like an invitation that calls us to open up a little bit and look at the magic that's all around us. I love that. And, you know, the beauty is there really is magic all around us. Some of us have forgotten what that looks like or feels like, but trust me, it's there. It's around you. It's around all of us. And it's just a matter of knowing how to connect with it. I completely agree. And I think that that is more and more what we're being called to do is, you know, we're not being asked to do something that is beyond us. In fact, it's more of a remembering of what is very true and natural to us, which is to return to this sort of state of consciousness where we are open and moving and expressing more from our heart-centered, a heart-centered approach, as opposed to the mental trappings of the, of the mind and the day-to-day uh, minutia and the mundane activities that really oftentimes call us out of the heart. But we notice that as we go deeper into the heart, then it's like that magic has always been there. It was just, it's been peeking around the corners and waving at us. We just haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. So I mentioned earlier that you are a fairy ambassador. Can you share with our listeners what exactly is a fairy ambassador? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you the wonderful definition that they, by they, I mean the fairies, and you'll hear me referring to um, a lot of their wisdom throughout this call. But I'll, give, I'll start out with the definition, and then we'll really talk and we'll get juicy with it, and I'll just share my heart and what it, what it has meant to me. So just a simple, def, concrete definition, because we all love those. It's one who seeks to promote fairy and human partnership, and then taking that a step further, working with fairy and human partnership for healing and transformation, both on a personal and a planetary level. So that's what a fairy ambassador is. And now we can kind of talk and get in our hearts about it because it's like, you know, we all love the definitions, but stories really help us connect to it. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they, they activate that imagination in the heart. And so the story that comes along with the fairy ambassador is that I, you know, I didn't always this wasn't always something that I claimed. And in fact, it was a title or a role that they specifically gave to me about 10 years ago. Although when they gave it to me, I had no idea what it would really entail, nor did I really um, understand the full, I, I just really had no idea what I was stepping into. And so it, it actually comes with a little bit of a funny story. And this is how spirit works, I think, sometimes. Um, and what happened was I had just, I had been home from the United, um, I had been home from Europe for about two months. It was in the fall of 2008 when I got the directive directly from the fairy kingdom to begin to share the message that they, you know, that the earth was shifting, 
that the planet was moving into a an awakening period and simply if the humans could just wake up and remember their divinely appointed role as co-creative children um, upon this planet, then everything would just happen a whole lot smoother. So could we just get on with it already? And <laughs> <laughs> so they came forth with, the, with this directive. And it wasn't until a couple years ago that I actually realized how beautiful and synchronistic it actually was. So two months before I received that directive, so this would have been in the summer of 2008, I was just arriving home from a two-year-long experience of living abroad in Europe. I lived in several different countries. Um, I moved over shortly after college, and it was an amazing and magical adventure, and I learned a lot of things. And one of the things that I had always been very um, connected to and very passionate about was working with all different kinds of cultures. I loved people. I loved working with uh, people from all over the world. I loved speaking languages. That was my degree in college with foreign language and culture, Spanish and Italian. So everything to me from the time I was really little was about traversing barriers and not letting communication be a barrier, you know, between people, between nations. And I just, in my heart, I wanted to create peace and unity and collaboration because I saw more beauty in our uniqueness as opposed to um, using separate differences as a mode of separation. So anyway, so my um, dream was, Uh, While I was overseas, I decided that I really wanted to dream big and I wanted to do something. I wanted to further my education. And I decided that I was going to do a graduate program. Um, And I did a lot of research and I found a program, a scholarship program that would pay the whole thing if I studied in a foreign country, which was like, okay, that's great. And if I, um, and you know, you have to go through this, these series of rounds um, to qualify. So I thought this is fabulous. And your degree has to do, has to do something with some sort of worldly humanitarian effort. So I thought this is great. I want to study peace. So I wanted to study peace at the United Nations University in Costa Rica, peace and in the environment or peace and um, people, peace between nations and those sorts of things. So I was really excited. Well, so I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort going through all the various rounds, um, you know, and it was super competitive, but I was confident because I'm like, I speak a couple languages, I have all this experience of traveling, you know, so lo and behold, I actually was, I made it, and I made it to like the first round, then I was passed into the second round, and I made it into the second round. Meanwhile, I'm still living abroad and, and you know, doing all this from, um, from Europe. And so finally, I get to like the third or fourth round, and they say, well, it has to be an in-person interview, which would mean the interviews were being held in Atlanta, Georgia. And I thought, in-person interview? Oh, my. (laughs) This means (laughs) I have to come home. Oh, my goodness. So I thought, well, I'm dedicated. So I spent my last bit of money that I had saved up. I bought a return plane ticket home. I packed up all my stuff, and I thought, well, I'll go back over there as soon as I get the scholarship. 
So I get home and um, we, I, you know, wait, a, you know, a month or whenever the interviews were, go to the interviews. I'm feeling really good. Well, at the end, I did not get accepted. Of course, my whole world was like, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I was not devastated. That's probably too strong a word, but I was like, I mean, I don't understand. I felt so clear about this. Like, of course, I was going to basically, you know, be some sort of ambassador for the, you know, the world. I wanted to work with the United Nations and all these things. Well, what I didn't realize was that I was supposed to be an ambassador, just not in the way that I had thought. And so, of course, that would be two months later after I had come home that I was on a meditation retreat and I received the directive from the fairy people about this specific work. And again, it was only in, in, you know, years later that I actually connected the dots and I was able to laugh my butt off <laughs> thinking, how funny is spirit? Oh my goodness. Like, of course that was a dream in my heart, but I guess that's such a beautiful lesson because it's like, how many times do we, we have a dream and it's not that our dream is not absolutely perfect and beautiful, but it actually is bigger than we could even ever possibly imagine. And we just have to follow the energy of it and see where it takes us. And then what often happens is it's more miraculous than we could have ever thought possible. And that's what happened to me. So there I was, and I became a fairy ambassador. <laughs> I love that. I love that story. And, you know, now I'm in the practice, I hadn't always been, but in the last few years, I'm in the practice of when I'm trying to attract something, I tend to say now this or something better. Because I think you're so right. We, you know, we think we've got it all figured out, but the universe really has more in plan for us than what we could ever dream of. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I see this demonstrated over and over and over in my life and the life of those around me. It's just, and it's a miracle, you know, it's, they're like mini miracles all over the place. And the, the key is because we, I know I, I like to kind of, you know, as much as I surrender and I go into these beautiful states of, you know, um, bliss with, you know, when I'm working in my meditations and such, Let's face it, we're human. I like to control things. You know, I like to know what's happening when it's happening, you know. And so it's a real amazing lesson and practice of letting go and surrendering because it's only then that we can have the dream and just release it. So like you said, just just this or greater. Let's see what happens and let's not try to control it every step of the way. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So... I know you speak about the fairy people and some of our listeners have an idea in their mind of what that looks like. Can you describe for me what is fairy to you? Yes. So this is also one of those questions that is a really, really, really big conversation. And honestly, it's taken me my whole life. It's one of those things that it's been a journey and an exploration and it's been an exploration into myself because the more I grow, learn, change, and evolve, the, the more that what and who the fairy people are grows, changes, and evolves. And so, of course, it just matches our, our understanding of these beings, matches our level of consciousness. But 
So I guess what I'll start with is I'll start with a wonderful definition that I used to use. Um, and then we'll throw that definition out the window. Um, I love that. <laughs> so the definition that, um, that I would use oftentimes is that they are a divinely guided race of light beings here to support the earth as she moves through her evolutionary process in time and space. Okay, so now that we have that out of the way, right, (laughs) (laughs) now we can stop sounding so smart and have some fun with it. So the first thing, one of the first things that I learned very early on was that the first rule to working with fairies is that there are no rules. (laughs) There are no rules and no absolutes. And so why I want to start here is because The journey that I'm going to take you on to explain what and who the fairies are is we have to understand and preface it with the idea that we are using words and concepts that were created in the physical, in the three dimension, to explain something that is beyond the third dimension, that is beyond, that is, you know, is not in matter. we're, We're talking about the spirit world. And when we begin to talk about the spirit world, we need to use words and concepts so we can have these wonderful and magical and juicy conversations. But just like when we talk about anything within the spirit world, our words can only get us so far. So as long as we all have that understanding to start out with, um, I, I think we can dive right into really what and who these beings are. That sounds perfect and so in line with our topic of connecting with the inner child because children are all about forgetting the rules. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now I'm going to keep drawing us back to that over and over because one of the first things that people do when they start getting kind of interested in the fairies is they, they start, you know, We want, as humans, we like to categorize and, you know, compartmentalize. So we get our little fairy dictionaries and we start making lists of this and that and this and that. And fairy dictionaries are about as useful as dream dictionaries. You can probably line 10 of them up and they're all going to say something different. So Absolutely. Right? And so I go back over and over and bring people back to the best way to understand, begin to understand these beings is through direct experience. But I'm going to take us on a journey. So throughout all of history, for we're talking about for thousands of years, what we have seen over and over and over through myths, legends, but also historical accounts is a pattern of energy, a pattern of being, of personality and consciousness that exists and is very close to the land. In the Yucatan, in Mexico, they are referred to as Los Alushe. In Germany, in the Black Forest, you hear accounts and myths of something called the kobolds. In the, in the Celtic mythology, we talk about the Tuatha de Danon, or the she, S-I-B-H-E. In Welsh mythology, we talk about the Twilight Ted. And this goes on and on and on and on. And what we begin to discern as we look at all of these wonderful both myths and historical accounts is that there are a great deal of similarities and patterns that seem to hold true no matter where you are 
and what and what culture you're within. And what's very fascinating about these accounts is most of them were, were created way before we had globalization, the internet, and any forms of communication between people and places. And so, you know, could we say it's coincidence? Sure. But I think that most of us along the spiritual pathway have thrown coincidence out a long time ago. So, so what, what, is, what are these beings that these people are referring to? Well, there's a couple of things that seem, as I said, consistent. And the first one is that these are beings not completely dissimilar to humans, but much more, much more spiritual in their makeup. So what I mean by spiritual, of course, we're all spiritual beings, but I mean they're more ethereal. Right? They're not as solid than us. They definitely exist within the spiritual folds of the earth. The second thing that we seem to find is that their connection with the land is very intimate. And I don't just mean because they live off the land. This is a much deeper relationship, almost interwoven with the consciousness of land. And yet, at the same time, having a distinct consciousness and a distinct, um, you know, they are sentient and they are individualized in and of themselves um, outside, of, outside of the earth. Um, the other thing that we begin to notice is that for the longest time, up until not, I would say, the last couple hundred years, is these, these beings had a very, very um, close relationship with many humans, um, in particular the indigenous cultures of the land. And so, again, what are these beings? Who are they? Well, some have described them as earth angels, nature angels. I think that's a, a, a very a big generalization, but if it helps you get your head around it a little bit, I think that, you know what, use what works. Right. And so, again, these beings are ethereal, so they're not physical like we are. And yet these beings are our second are our closest of kin, second only to the ancestors. And by ancestors, I mean those who have gone on, those who exist within the spirit realm. Um, you know, even the ascended masters could fall under the ancestral category. And, and so we are almost. Um, cousins, you know, in a matter of speaking. And we had a much closer relationship thousands of years ago. And again, a lot of texts throughout the world begin to allude to this relationship that we had. And what started to happen over, you know, thousands of years is this relationship began to break down and degenerate. Why did it happen? Well, most probably it had a lot to do with the cycles of the earth. And, and as the cycles of the earth, you know, moved along their natural um, pathway, you know, humans began to forget their connection to everything. They forgot, they, they forgot to see everything as spirit and everything as part of the whole. And as they did, they also turned their back and forgot their relationship to these beings that are very closely related to the earth. So absolutely, you know, I really love your connection between that comparison of, of cousins. And it reminds me a lot of how a lot of people when they're younger, are so close to their cousins, but as they get older, they drift apart. 
And, you know, I think it's so relevant because years ago we would have been so connected with the earth and with fairy and with energy. And now how many of us have really pulled away from that? And it's really leading into a lot of adulthood stresses and disconnection and, and all of that. So I love that comparison. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, this is, as I said, it's, it's such a beautiful process when we begin to even entertain this idea because we, again, it's really just an invitation to step outside into nature and begin to see with another set of eyes. Because at a very um, basic level, we could say that the spirit of the plants, the spirit of the trees, the spirit of the rocks and minerals, and the spirit of the water, we could say that these were exist within the fairy kingdom, that all of these beings make up what one often considers the fairy kingdom. And so I think it starts to be a little bit more user-friendly when we just start to look at it like we're really talking about the spirit of, um, you know, being, you know, plants, animals, trees, that of course they're alive, but we have forgotten that they are also sentient and filled with wisdom. We have forgotten that, you know, um, we have forgotten our place among them, you know, as brothers and sisters. And so at a very basic level, I think that's the easiest way is it's really to start by acknowledging the spirit within everything that everything has a spirit, has a voice, has a song, that it is singing all the time, and we have just forgotten the language in which it sings. I love that. So do you have any ideas on how we can start to remember? Absolutely. So this brings me to the next guideline, because we don't like the word rule, um, because it's it's such a limitation, oh goodness, (laughs) we just don't Um, (laughs) So the second thing, which I would um, always uh, love to share when working with, beginning to work with these beings, is, in fact, I'll use a little phrase that when I teach children, they love this phrase, and the fairies taught it to me long ago, and it's catchy, and they say, the heart is the doorway, love is the key. The heart is the doorway. I love that. So what is this beginning to sound like? Like some inner child work, right? So what? one of the interesting things between the connection between the inner child and the heart um, and working with fairies is that it's almost like the chicken in it, the egg theory. Okay. It's like, what comes first? And the thing is, when you begin to do inner child work and work on opening up the heart, what you begin to realize is that suddenly all of the realms that you always knew existed open up before your eyes. It's it's a byproduct of working with the inner child and healing at this level. We begin to access the magic that's all around us. And simultaneously, at the same time, if we take the other approach and we begin to work with the fairy realm, we, we cannot help but moving into the space of the heart and the space of the inner child. It, 
it's, it's almost impossible to work with these beings, or at least I'll say it's impossible to go very deep. You're going to get to a roadblock if you approach it from the, from the mind. So once you get into the heart, it's all, it's all gravy, as they say. <laughs> so how Absolutely. Are we the heart? Right, right. Yeah. So, so working with the heart is the key. And this can be as simple or as complicated as we want to make it. So we're going to just do a couple little fun practice exercises because we all like to kind of be experiential instead of um, just listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. So this. Oh, I love that. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the first, um, again, we're going to talk about three ways to quickly and directly get you. It's a direct route into the heart. And um, we're going to practice two of the ways and they're really simple. So the first way is gratitude. I know it sounds really simple and all of the wonderful spiritual teachers and coaches that have told us along the way, make your gratitude list at night, do your gratitude journal. Well, you know what? They actually were sharing gems of wisdom because gratitude and appreciation is the energy cultivates the energy that opens up the heart immediately. So should we try it? That sounds wonderful. Okay, great. All right. So I want everyone, if you're in a safe place to do so, like if you're driving, then don't close your eyes. But everyone that's in a safe place to do so, I would invite you to just close your eyes. And why don't we just take a couple deep breaths? So we'll just inhale, breathing in and holding it for one or two seconds. And then just exhale, let it all go. And inhaling one more time, holding it, letting it all go. And the third and final time, let's inhale one more, big, big, big breath. And hold that, feeling your belly puff out. And now just let it all go. All right. Now, with your eyes closed, I would invite you to bring into your mind's eye the image of something that you are grateful for. It could be anything. It could be your home. It could be your child or a pet, a wonderful treasured pet. Something tangible, though, that you can actually imagine. And now just really go into those feelings of how you feel about it, that gratitude for it just being in your life. And just kind of go into that gratitude even a little bit more, almost to where you can feel the waves sort of emitting out that just appreciation. It's almost like you feel connected with something when you're in gratitude or appreciating it. All right. So how did that feel? That feels wonderful. I'm like relaxed already. And what a great gift to have in the middle of the day. How many of you are doing that regularly? Just that one minute 
gratitude is so refreshing. That's exactly right. And this doesn't have to be difficult. You know, we, our lives are complicated as it is. And this, like I said, this can be as simple or as complicated as we want to make it. And just this, this special activity of gratitude, it's so easy and it's so effective. It puts you immediately into your heart. And I don't have all the scientific um, data on it right now, but um you know, one of the wonderful places that's doing a lot of cutting edge research on how to get cultivate these states of what they call coherence, um, which is where the heart is begins to sing its song, is the Heart Math Institute out of California. They've been for about 25 years, they've been doing cutting edge research about the heart and how the heart is actually has an energy, an electrical field. 60 times more powerful than that of the brain. Like, wow. So, isn't I mean, that, that amazing? Isn't that fabulous? I mean, it's like, oh my God, it's incredible. And what so, a fun job. Right? <laughs> That's the kind of scientist I want to be. <laughs> I know. I know. That's like almost as good as Lego factory or something, you know, what? building Lego for a living. <laughs> right. Pretty it's close. It's way to go, what? California. I know. <laughs> These guys are great. I just love their research. And, you know, they're coming out with all of the stuff that we've already, you know, all of a lot of us. Um, you know, people who have spiritual practices and, you know, the spiritual coaches and teachers and healers out there as well. I mean, we've been doing this stuff for years, but it's wonderful to have the scientific community back it up. I just, I just love when that harmonizes. It is wonderful that way. I know because we can really connect with the people that want to hear us, but there's those auditory learners out there. They want the facts, right? So I love that there's people out there getting it all together to make our jobs a lot easier. I completely agree, Sam. I am just, uh, as I said, I'm just so grateful for this uh, particular institute and so many others that are doing um, this wonderful research to begin to open and expand us uh, to even greater levels. So the second way is, um, I find is for a lot of people generally is not, uh, is not always the easiest one. Um, the second way to get into our hearts is through the act of forgiveness. So now again, that one is powerful. Right, right. I think there's a whole like slew of teachings out there, radical forgiveness and all these sorts of things. But and of course, we have we've had a lot of um, wonderful and profound, you know, um, religious teachings and stuff um, throughout the centuries that have suggested and supported this. But basically, when we forgive, and I'm not just talking about you know, the surface value of, okay, I'm going to let them get away with it. Or if I'm forgiving, I'm being a doormat. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's simply giving forth. It's surrendering and letting go. You no longer holding on to that attachment of that need to be right. And, and just letting go, simply letting go. And so when we actually engage in true forgiveness, our hearts open immediately. Immediately we go into that same vibrational frequency that is cultivated with the state of gratitude as well as the third state, which we'll, which we'll talk about in just a moment. 
And it really, uh, what the heart math uh, people are finding out is that there is actually, this can be measured. So when they hook these uh, people up to these wonderful machines and you go into these states where you're activating the heart, they actually can measure the heart's electrical field and they can see it expanding. They can see the coherence taking place. So they're actually seeing, you know, again, this is not, <laughs> forgive the pun, airy-fairy, right? This is actually really <laughs> How often do we hear that? (laughs) (laughs) But this is really grounded and and really, you know, and really based in um, grounded practical um, scientific knowledge. So the third, um, the third state that pops us immediately into our heart, and we're going to practice this one too. Oh, good. Yay. Uh, The third state is, cultivating the what what most call the perception of innocence or childlike perception right so yeah so here's our inner child popping up once again so if we could just so just go back to that sort of state you know in fact starting with that feeling of gratitude right and calling back to mind whatever it was that you were feeling gratitude for just a few moments ago. And so feeling that feeling of love and expansion, I want us to now move and recall any kind of memory from when you were a child walking on the earth. So it could be walking and playing in grass, you know, catching bugs or butterflies. It could be playing tag, or it could be uh, watching a big bird soar over sky, or it could even be looking, laying in your backyard with your tent and looking at the night sky. But just caught, recall something that really just made you feel like small, but in a good way, you know, like, oh, completely inspired. Can you feel that? Absolutely. It creates such an opening. It sure does. It's like instant smiles. So even if someone's having a really grumpy day, try this because how can you really go into this space without smiling? I don't think it's possible. Exactly. You and, and that's the thing. You just can't. Like, for the first few moments, you know, I, I'll use the phrase, fake it till you make it, right? So that if you're really grumpy, for the first mm-hmm. few moments, when you bring something up, okay, you know, I'm not grateful for anything. You know, you're grumpy, right? <laughs> and, but once you give yourself a moment to catch up and you just, in about five to 10 seconds, you'll drop into that space. And all of a sudden the gratitude or the perception of innocence will come. And it's like, wow. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. So those are three. And of course, as I said, uh, and maybe for some of you, forgiveness is something that you've been working a lot on. And so it's like, oh, okay, this could be a pathway into the heart. So, but definitely the gratitude as well as the perception of innocence are generally 
very easy and they're very simple for us to for us to conjure in, in you know that state of consciousness and so why do i bring this up well because as i said the heart is the doorway love is the key so what we have to do is instead of approaching working with the fairy realm accessing these magical realms and instead of doing this in our traditional way which is approaching it through the mind we really have to move into the heart that's really the first step to all of this and you know for some people it doesn't actually it's it's all right there you you barely have to go any further if you can simply cultivate this heart approach this heart energy then suddenly you you begin your your wall of separation begins to peel away and you begin to feel your oneness with all of creation. And it's only a hop, skip and a jump from there before you begin to become aware of all of the life that's really around you of all of the magical realms that have probably been interacting with you for a very long time. And we've just forgotten how to hear them. So when we go into this heart space, we are actually putting our train essentially on the universal track of communication. We are moving back into the secret language of the universe where we can now hear the voices, the myriad voices of nature and all of creation. What a beautiful blessing. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. That's awesome. Now, we have just a little bit left, and I'm wondering, you have a story, and I love it. I'm wondering if you can share it with us today, the story about what you did with your backyard. Do you remember the oh, corner in your yard? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, in my backyard, um, this was a backyard that I had when I was living in Philadelphia. So everybody's familiar, at least with city living. You know, you don't have a whole lot of space. And um, and so I, you know, I basically began, when I, I moved there, I was kind of having a hard time connecting in with the energy of the land in Philadelphia in general. I just, you know, I was very accustomed to going to different places and similar to if you know the language of a place, but you haven't been there, you know, like whether it's your mother tongue or not, if you go to another country, it takes you a minute to kind of, you know, accustom your, your ear to, okay, they're using these words and they're just using a different accent. And so now I understand what they're saying. Right. Exactly. Right. And so it was the same thing for me when I go to different lands. It just takes a little bit of time, but often I can attune myself to just um, become aware of the voices within that land of the, you know, the nature spirits of the energies of the land. Well, in Philadelphia, this was not the case. In in fact, I mean, (laughs) I went through, you know, all kinds of, you know, what is going on here? You know, I was, I, it was a very, very different and unique experience for me. And so when I moved into this house, it was really, I, that's, that's the place that I was in, you know, personally and emotionally, like, Oh my God, why can't I connect with this place? And so I knew that it was going to be really, really important for me um, to, to somehow create a way for me to 
have that connection, for me to remember that connection, and also for me to begin to engage, you know, the energies of, of the land. And so what I started to, um, what I started to get was just this idea to create this sort of, you know, what I would call a, you know, a wild space. So everything was very manicured, you know, we were renting, but these people had really kept it up. There were wonderful, um, you know, bushes and flowers and everything was very manicured. And then there was a lawn. Well, there was a tree in the very back. And the first thing I did when I first moved in is I went and I dragged my, these just like rocking bench back there. So I dragged my rocking bench back there and every now and then I would go and I would just sit in it and just meditate and just kind of get quiet. And that happened for a really long time. Well, what the second stage was is I just said, well, you know what? I'm going to let this place be a wild place. You know, nature sometimes just needs to express itself instead of bending to my will, right? So instead of it being manicured, why can't it just express itself how it wants to? So I created this space and I informed my husband, you know, okay, please do not mow this, you know, (laughs) 10 foot you know whatever it's this nice little oval here look and I'm like foot you know walking it out for him do not mow fast here in fact I was like you know this is just this space is to be left alone well after a little bit of time what I started to realize is this almost became a giant altar and so for anybody that knows or works with altars an altar is really a space that we create in the physical to really represent our working relationship with the spirit realms, right? And and it's really a space that exists between the worlds. You know, it's neither here nor there. It is a space both between um, spirit and matter. And what I started to realize is this space became a place between spirit and matter. And I wouldn't, even though it was in front of my bench, I at, there was only a tiny pathway that I would walk through um, from the outside of this, what I call almost like a fairy ring through to my bench, I wouldn't step or go in the other, um, the other parts of it. I just let it grow chaotic and I wouldn't walk there because it's like, no, this is just for nature and the cat. Cause you know, the cats, they don't live by any, (laughs) (laughs) there's no telling him. So no, there's not, (laughs) you know, So anyway, so what I started to, um, as I would sit there and just kind of admire the chaos that was starting to form there. And I mean a beautiful chaos. It wasn't chaos and made me feel out of control, and yet out of control is sometimes really good. This was something where I just felt like nature was left to its own devices, and yet everything was in total divine order. And what I started to notice is that fairies, droves of beings, from near and far, began to gravitate to this space. And lo and behold, it eventually manifested as a fairy sanctuary. And you could walk most of the neighborhood and you would not feel a huge, um, you know, I just wouldn't feel a whole lot of magic, you know? Like you walk in some spaces, you're like, oh, this is magical. This is really, I can feel spirit here. I wouldn't feel that in, Uh you know, but when you would sit in this space, I mean, it was as if you were standing on a power spot or a sacred site or a ley line or anything like that. It was incredible. And 
I really, you know, it was a co-creation. This was one of my more, um, I would say, unconscious co-creations where I started out, I felt so, you know, like I said, disconnected that I didn't necessarily start out with a fairy sanctuary, but I started with something of, I just need a space for spirit to come into. I just need a space. And that was what manifested. It was this beautiful, magical place. And what was really cool is I would have people over and I would say, you know, go sit over in that bench and just walk through the little pathway. Don't step on it. And they would sit on the bench and they would feel, they could feel Mm -hmm. that enchantment there. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I love that story because so many people now are in cities, so they're not feeling that nature connection or the new subdivisions, the yards are so small, you know, and people are like, I just, I just have my little postage stamp for lawn and, and that's all I have. So if you're not feeling connected, do something similar, have a little corner that you let wildflowers grow or something, you know, your, your home association may not necessarily like it to do it in the back, but you know, what's, a beautiful space to create and just allow your imagination and your inner child to go wild because, you know, you can take any child from the city and take them into a field with butterflies and, and plants and flowers and some sunshine and a stream with some rocks for them to jump off of. And those children will play and you are not any different. If you create that space for yourself, you naturally will come alive and play there as well, regardless of how old you are. Absolutely. I completely agree. And it's, you know, it's something that, again, is so simple. And, you know, it goes when when working really with fairies, but also when activating that inner child, you know, we already talked about love as being the key and how to access that heart space through the three things that we that we mentioned, you know, gratitude, forgiveness and perception of innocence. But the second key to really the, you know, um, getting into your inner child and working with the fairy realm is nature. Go out in nature. It's, 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 it's so miraculous what kind of changes you will notice, both just emotional, but also in your, you know, your, our chemistry actually changes when we go out into nature. And this is something, as you mentioned, Sam, that we, um, we, we forget and we, we don't get to do a whole lot with our busy lives. And, and the crazy thing, too, is we look at it as though it's a treat or a reward. Like if we get all this stuff done, then we can go do that. And if we just shift that perception to I'm going to go do that and then I'll get my stuff done, I'm willing to bet people would get as much accomplished as they need to. But we actually need that connection. We need that activity outside in nature. And people have changed their perception about what that is. It's almost as though it's a luxury as opposed to something we all need and deserve. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a wonderful, I'm sure uh, most people have heard of this, but I, I don't, we can't have this conversation without giving um, a wonderful shout out to, I can't remember the gentleman's name that came up with the, or coined the term and the research, but earthing, you know, earthing, yes. is, uh, the gentleman made a documentary and I, can't, I think he's either coming out with or just came out with a second documentary on it, but it's just simply 
the, um, the, you know, it's simply the practice of putting your bare feet on the earth. So it could be on the beach, it could be in on the, you know, the grass, it could be in the field, but putting our bare feet on the earth, you know, what he found is that we aren't touching the earth anymore with our skin. And there's a whole wonderful, you know, scientific explanation of why this is so beneficial. And it has to do with the ions from the earth and how it actually interacts with our electromagnetic field um, to restore health and um, to restore health and balance to each person. But it is just, you know, it's wonderful and imperative. It, it really is something that we must um, try our hardest to begin to reincorporate into our lives. Absolutely. Now, we have only about eight minutes, seven or eight minutes left. Do you think we have time for your Earth Sky attunement? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would um, love that. Yeah, let's do that. So the Earth Sky Attunement is a um, gentle guided meditation that I'm going to take you all through. Um, it's about five minutes, so it, get comfortable enough where you can sit or, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend laying down because people fall asleep um, in, in meditation, but where you can just sit comfortably. Wonderful. And yeah, and this is just going to take you, again, this is just another way to begin to open up the heart and put yourself into that vibration that resonates with all of life. Whether your goal is to communicate with and access the unseen realms of light within nature, the magical realms, uh, as I call them, or simply to begin to open yourself up to a larger awareness of the world around you, then this is really something that you can use every day to do that. So if we are all comfortable, I would just invite you to close your eyes. And let's just take a couple deep breaths like we did at the beginning. Breathing in and exhaling, letting go. Breathing in once again. Exhaling, letting go. And let's just breathe in one final time, deeply, profoundly, inhaling, and then just letting go. And so gently place your attention on your heart space in the center of your chest. This corresponds to the heart chakra or the spiritual heart. And I want you to bring to your mind's eye a place in nature that you absolutely adore. It can be anything. It can be a, a beachside or a, a rainforest. And once you have that place, allow yourself to get lost in the sensory experience of it. So. Start to hear and tune into the sounds. Is there a sound of water, the birds chirping? Just really build the scene with the sound. And now build the scene even more deeply with the smells. What do you smell? Do you smell the earth? Do you smell the salty water? 
the sweet fragrance of flowers. Just allow yourself to be stimulated all the way around by this place. And now notice what naturally begins to happen is that gratitude that we were talking about originally begins to flow forth from your heart. Notice that gratitude and appreciation that you feel for this place, this place on Mother Earth, the beauty, the peace, the serenity. Just breathe in that gratitude. And notice that as you do, a light in your heart or a feeling begins to grow and warm and tingle. And when it grows, just to the point of overflowing, use your intention and just send that down into the Mother Earth, knowing that you're in, with your intention it will reach the mother's heart at the center of the planet. And just feel as she receives your love, how she responds by sending her warm, nurturing, earthy love back up to you. Feel it moving through your feet, all the way through your body, and throughout your whole energy field, but really concentrating in your heart. And just notice how that feels. And now, I want you to imagine the night sky with all the twinkling stars and planets and galaxies. And just feel that childlike wonder looking at it all. Just feel how big and little you feel at the same time and just feel your heart grow with that sensation and when it grows to overflowing I just want you to send that love up into the sky to father sky all the way to the sun in the center of our solar system and notice as you do how the sun responds and it sends its rays of light, and it pours forth, warming your skin, your heart. And just notice the intermingling of the father and mother energies within you, the intermingling of the earth and sky in your heart. Take a deep breath. This is that space of oneness when we are aligned with the breath of creation. So just breathe and I would invite you to bring that energy, that state of awareness back with you into the room where you sit in your chair. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes. Wow, that is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing everything you've shared with us today. And that definitely was a wonderful way to end our episode. So before we go, I would love if you could share with us, how can our listeners connect with you and what are some of your events that you have coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a couple things. 
I am actually setting out on my Southeast tour, my Fairy Light Southeast tour in mid-October. So um, if anyone is in the Southeast, I would love to see you. Um, on October 19th, I will be in Atlanta for a um, free talk that is going to be fun and magical and enlightening, um, and it's called Awakening Our Connection to Fairies, a, plan um, a Radical Solution to Planetary Healing. And so that will be at the Open Mind Center in Roswell, which is just outside of Atlanta, and then I'll be doing a book signing there as well. And then the following, that coming weekend, I will be journeying to Tallahassee, and I'll have a whole weekend of intensive but fun and magical, um, highly experiential workshops where you can really begin to open up to a relationship with the fairy kingdom. And we learn a lot of tools and processes to bring this into our daily lives. Um, and so that'll be over that weekend. And then the following weekend, I'll be back in Atlanta offering a half-day workshop, Sacred Dreaming with the Fairies. And this is where we begin to work with the fairies um, from our dream consciousness. So, again, a lot of, lot of fun um, stuff coming up. And all of that, uh, all of those events, you can actually find the details to those on my website, which is fairylight, F-A-E-R-Y light l-i-g-h-t dot com and you will find it under the events tab you can click right there and it'll bring you to all the upcoming events or on that tab you will actually see atlanta or florida and you can click there and those will give you the specific details so those are some of the events that i have coming up and i would love to see you all there and the last thing that i'll share is that i do offer um to if if the events are not in your area that not to worry because I actually work with a lot of people remotely through phone and Skype um, and I'll be offering a lot of webinars coming up in this winter so be stay tuned for those you can sign up for my newsletter also on fairylight.com and you'll get a free chapter of my first book um, if you sign up and then you'll be able to stay updated with all of the um, new events and webinars that are going to start coming out um, in the in the winter time. And then the last thing I'll say is that I have an Ireland trip. It is going to be a fairy retreat, like an eight-day or a nine-day retreat scheduled for probably September of 2017, so a year from now. And that, of course, will be on my website as well as I begin to um, confirm some of the details. So those are some of the ways that we can interact. And like I said, I do work with people remotely um, is, uh, with intuitive readings and um, spiritual mentorship, um, all having to do with awakening our relationship to the fairy kingdom and specifically for healing and transformation on for ourselves and for the planet. So if that's something that you are all interested in, you can find all that information on my website. And I have just been so honored to be a part of this show today, Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love connecting with you. I know that our listeners got so much out of all of the information you shared in your beautiful meditations. 
And thank you so, so much. I know I'm personally looking forward to your retreat next year. I think that is going to be so much fun. And um, thank you again for coming. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. It was, it was a blessing to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, and I'll connect with you soon. You too. Happy Fall Equinox. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. What a blessing to have her here on our show. Thank you so much again for coming. Now, we have a few exciting things going on with Grounded Roots Wellness as well. You can check us out at www.groundedrootswellness.ca. We have our upcoming Fall Muskoka Retreat in Bracebridge, Ontario, and there's actually only one spot left for that. So if you would like to join some really fun ladies for a relaxing weekend of scrapbooking and beautiful fall colors and just relaxation with with no responsibilities except to have a good time, then definitely give me a call because I would love to have you join us and registration is closing on October 1st. The other thing that's coming up is my Grounded Intuition course. I know some of you are really excited for that. That is going to be starting on October 20th, and you'll be able to find some website information soon, and I'll be posting on Facebook as well. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And if you'd like to get a head start on registration, just give us a call at Grounded Roots Wellness. I'd be happy to register you early. And then finally, you know I'm excited for this. We have our opening on Monday. So who is excited to come to Grounded Roots Wellness for a float? Our phones have been ringing off the hook. We're so excited to offer this. Float put therapy is amazing. And I definitely am going to have to have a whole episode all about it soon so you can learn more. So give us a call. Connect with us. And before I go, I'm going to give you all one challenge. We talked a lot today about connecting with your inner child, and it's so important. So here's the challenge. If you go out in nature this weekend, so before Monday morning, before Intuition Monday, go out in nature, just take a picture of yourself or a short little video of yourself in nature, post it on my Facebook page. So that can either be the Grounded Roots Wellness page, so that would be Grounded Roots Wellness Inc. on Facebook, or my Sam Black psychic medium so I think that one is Sam Black certified psychic medium and wellness coach either one of those pages post it on there hashtag grounded roots wellness and I'm going to do a draw during intuition Monday on my Sam Black psychic medium page and whoever gets their name drawn is getting a free 30 minute reading for me so get those pictures up there get out in nature enjoy what the sunshine and the earth have to offer and connect with your inner child do some relaxation and be good to you i'm sending you all so much love and i'm looking forward to connecting with you again in two weeks thanks so much everyone bye-bye